are listening to Women Behind the Veil podcast. Please join me as I unveil fascinating women from our past and present every Sunday night before the clock strikes 12. Let's unveil tonight's episode on The Adelitas. So it's fucking episode 19 and I can't believe... I've gotten this far. (laughs) Well, first of all, um, let's go back to last week. And I have to say that um, (laughs) I was trying to be proper. And by me trying to sound proper, I think I sounded like a lost puppy. And that's just not me. And I apologize. Honestly, (laughs) I heard it and I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Um, I don't know how many times I said, um, and, uh, like I was, I, I don't know if I was trying to warm up my body or my voice and just, you know, trying to figure out if I was going to sing or talk about a fucking podcast. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think with it being... It was my first episode by myself. And, you know... I guess, you know... You know how it is when... <laughs> I can't believe I was going to say this right now. I was going to say, you know how it is when they pop your cherry? You're always nervous. So, uh, that's how it felt. I was real fucking nervous. Uh, so, (laughs) I'm sorry. I, I, uh, (laughs) I can't believe I fucking said that. My mom's gonna fucking just be so mad at me. I apologize, mom. Sorry. You know I have no filter. Especially when I'm nervous. I'm not nervous anymore. So, fuck it. So, episode 19, 19, and it's about... A topic that I've always, I, oh, excuse me, uh, a topic that, um, um, I always heard about and I had no, uh, I, I never dug deeper to see what it was about. And, um, when I was doing the research, well, first, I was going to do somebody else. And then I was like, no, mm-mm. It's, it, it doesn't scream bad bitch. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm going to file that one away. And I'm just going to be, uh, I need to find somebody else because, um, th- th- this, that one wasn't working. So I put that one away and for another day. Because I, I needed something that was more, more, more Julie. And so I picked Las Adelitas. And to everyone, about 99% of y'all, uh, it's basically the women that fought in the Mexican Revolution. Alright? So. What the fuck? <laughs> I was asked. So, so what's the topic this week? I was like, bad bitches. And they're like, oh, I like bad bitches. I'm like, yeah, me too. So, bad bitches it is. Let's begin. The Mexican Revolution, first of all, let let me give you a backstory of the Mexican Revolution. Because we're freaking American, or um, if you're my, my, you know, my little witch friend in Australia. Hello, Amber. Or Whitney in New Zealand. Hello, Whitney. Um, yeah, I don't keep up with Mexican revolutions. I know. So I'm going to give you a little crash course in it. All right. So Mexican racial, the Mexican res, hello, not resolution, (laughs) revolution, the Mexican revolution, um, lasted a, a little over a decade, about, um, 10 years and a half. And 
what happened. So Mexico had a, a fucking dictator as a fucking president, right? And his his name was Porfirio Diaz. And we I'm doing air quotes when I say president, all right? Because the motherfucker, like, how can I say it? Um, he's a fucking dictator. He's a fucking dictator, all right? So hold on to that. He was president for 35 fucking years, all right? It was his eighth election that he fucking stole, right? And how can I say it? Like, he, he, he rigs it. No, 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 not even, he doesn't even fucking rig it. Like, it, he, he never even got that fucking technical, you know? It, it, it didn't even get that far. It, it got to the point to where it was like, he was like, oh no, that motherfucker didn't win. It's actually me. And so, that's what he did. That's what he did. So, it was, Oh, well, let me tell you who he was going against. He was going against this guy. Uh, well, the, the, his last name is Madero. All right. And so the good guy is Madero. Diaz is the fucking bad guy, the fucking dictator, right? So it was Sunday, November 20th, 1910 at 6 p.m. that the Mexican people literally revolted against the fucking dictator. Whoa. So they were they, they were really freaking tired of being oppressed by the by the state with extreme wealth and inequality and inequality and concentrated in the top 0.1% in debt slavery of oppression in the with the political thought and freedom of expression. So Francisco Madero, the good guy, is basically led was led by his supporters right that to how can i say it? him and him and his people you know basically the the, the people the, just the you know the regular you know guy you know the regular you know uh run-of-the-mill guy named juan um him and his cousins you know they got pissed and they were like, you know what? Fuck the ass. Let's go after his ass. So that's what they did. So they were like, the ass is our president and we have to get rid of, um, the ass, Porfirio de ass. So that battle lasted about six months. Okay. And with that happening, um, they fucking got rid of, uh, the ass is the dictator. And his regime fell over and boom, he was gone. But then he was like, you know what? Um, the military still considered him, um, the, the president. And well, cause he's, he had been the president for fucking 35 years. So they didn't know what the fuck to do. And politics, you know, all the politicians, um, they were like, well, you know, I'm going to fucking lose my money because I don't want to give money to the poor people, which is everybody in Mexico, the 99%, literally the 99%. And um, they were like, no, I don't want to give up my, my luxuries. And so they fucking, you know, they were trying to keep control of the people when even though that motherfucker wasn't even the president. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Sorry. I, I, I went on a little rant. So that happened. And then, um, there was two main people in charge, one in the North, one in the South, South, Central and South. Um, Pancho Villa woo, was in the North. And Emiliano Zapata was, and I'd say the central to south. And so, um, they were the ones against the military. When I say the military, I mean the fucking government that was backing the us. All right. Okay. So that's out of the way. We know what's going on. And it's, it's, it was 
literally a war zone in that, in, in that country, in Mexico. And God, I can't even imagine living in a fucking war zone. Like, I, I can't, I, I can't fucking believe it. It, it would make me, how can I say it? It scares the fuck out of me, you know, because, you know, I'm American and, you know, just, you know, September 11th just passed and it's been 18 years and like, I can't imagine like living in an area where, you know, we're so oppressed to where we have no say and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, the, you know, the war in the Middle East and, you know, it, it, it's still going, we're going on 20 years and God, there's, there are kids and I say kids because they're literally barely 18 joining the military and their father or their mother fought in the same war they're going to let that sink in what that's it's it's fucking heartbreaking so for that to be you know imagine that being here in our home like god it's unimaginable it really is and and so these people you know when i say people i'm talking about the mexican people you know the 99% that had to see this where they lost you know their husbands their brothers their cousin their father to this fucking war, to this revolution. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. There I go stuttering. So it's, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to, to think about that. And, um, reading all these articles, um, it's, 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 it's a, a, bitter pill to swallow. And, um, before I forget, uh, where I read this from, believe it or not, I read it from somewhere. It was from, it's the article was from Dane Strom, the soldaderas in the Mexican revolution. I wanted to add that before I forget. Um, so, Let's get back to the Mexican Revolution. Sorry. I had to get a little passionate because I, I have to set the scene and, you know, put, you know, our minds there right now. Trust me, I'll, I'll keep um, expressing myself as we go. So, and over a, over a decade... A decade? Yeah, a fucking decade. Um, in May, in May 1920, the revolution was coming to an end. Okay. And let me read this to you guys. Or not even read it. Let me just tell you. There was 900,000 people that were sacrificed during this war that were forgotten. I mean, there's no, there, there's no names. There's no, there's no records. I mean, there were people that lost their lives. 900,000 people that lost their lives to this because of this. And there's, there, the only people that remember are their families. And I'll give you a good example. We don't keep track very well. Okay. One, 
a lot of us, a lot of us back then did not know how to read or write. You know, there weren't pictures. I mean, it's not like they could have documented on a piece of paper, hey, my brother went to war and never came back. And, you know, a hundred years later, nearly a hundred years later, I mean, next year, it, it, next May, it'll be a hundred years. Um, it's not like, you know, a hundred years later, I, I open a box that belonged to a, a family member and I read that, read that. And, um, it's, God, it's, it's hard, you know? So it's, it's, oh God, us Mexicans, we, we were, you know, I guess I never really thought about that way. We really were oppressed and we, um, you know, for us to get to a breaking point, it had to be really fucking bad. That was something else I thought about. Like, really? Like, how bad had it get for us to, you know, for us to say, you know what? It's fucking bullshit. I'm done. Let's get this motherfucker. And, you know, cause I want a better life for my family. You know, eh, uh, it's, it's not, you know, it had to be really fucking bad. I, I think about the, um, I watched the, God, a couple of years ago, I watched the Emiliano Zapata movie. The military grabbed him and they, you know, they, they made fun of him because, you know, he's, you know, he was, you know, poor. He comes from a poor family and, you know, they called him an Indian, you know, uh, in Mexico to hurt somebody or to, um, demean them, you, you call them an Indian, you know, and grant, like my dad, you call him a fucking, you call him an Indian and he'll fucking like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm an Indian and I'm, I'm fucking proud. Um, because <laughs> if you were to see my dad, he's, you know, he's brown and he has these strong, uh, features like his facial structures, like they're, they're, it's, it's strong. He has these just strong lines on his face. And, you know, you could tell he's, he's, he's Indian, you know? And, um, as a matter of fact, my, my mom's youngest brother would, when we were younger, he would tell us or tell, you know, family members, like, I don't know why my sister married that goddamn Indian. And, you know, to hear that about your own father as a child, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And, um, um, that's why now, um, we, you know, we're proud, you know, we, we, we were never ashamed of our father. I mean, I was ashamed he was a fucking alcoholic, you know, but then I became a fucking alcoholic, but that's another story to tell. Um, it's not like y'all don't know. I fucking tell you all the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, so Emiliano Zapata, the military grabbed him and they were like, so they say you're, you're the reincarnation of, um, who is it? Um, I want to say Cuauhtémoc. All right. And he was a, um, I want to say he was the Aztec king. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me. Um, and so they put his, they put his feet in fire and they were like, scream, you know, cry. And they called him Indio Pata Rajada, meaning, um, Indian with, you know, I guess with his, I, I guess they're making fun of him. You know how Indians give each other, you know, their names mean something. Um, their names basically tell a story. And they were joking by saying Indio Pata Rajada by his feet, like Indian, uh, you know, oh God, like sliced foot. Okay. Indian sliced foot, you know, so. Basically, that's the translation. It sounds weird in English, but in Spanish, it sounds... I, mean, I don't say it sounds fucking better. It doesn't. It's, it's 
horrible, but it, uh, it makes better sense. And so they put his feet in, they literally put him like in a, in like a, uh, an open fire and they burnt his feet and it was horrible. Oh my God. I fucking lost my shit right now. And I had, I literally had to stop my recording because my mom was like, fuck it. I'm deaf. I'm, you know, I have my TV all the way up, you know, on high and, you know, fuck Julie, you know, I don't give a fuck if my novella's playing in the background. What the fuck, man? Okay, so they burnt his feet. This is what I'm trying to say. They fucking, they, they were fucking animals, man. And I stopped it again because I burped. What y'all heard earlier was nothing compared to right now. Like, I, I scared Lucas. I scared Lucas, my, my nephew's son, the other day. He was like, Juju, oh, what is that? And I was like, that was me. I burped. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. Like, he looked around at, like, the kitchen. Like, where'd that come from? I'm like, kid, it came from me. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. And he, he couldn't believe it. And then I was like, okay, follow me. I know I'm going to burp again because I'm drinking 7-Up. And so he's like, okay, Juju. So he was following me. And <laughs> he was walking behind me. And the, the lights in the hallway were off and we're walking to my room and, uh, he, he's like, uh, um, I burped again and he's like, dude, you, what is that? And I'm like, it was me, kid. You didn't see me cause you're behind me. So like, it, he doesn't fucking believe it's coming from me. It is. I'm sorry. I'm fucking human and I'm a burping fucking machine. All right. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the episode. All right. Swallow some spit. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this shit. Um, so, so th- that gives you a good idea who, who the fuck the government was and how fucking, you know, uh, cold hearted they are and cold blooded that, you know, that they fucking were. And, um, that's who, you know, the people, we're fighting against okay and so now let's go to the to the topic las adelitas all right who are the adelitas and and when i say las adelitas i'll explain the name better but it was they were called las adelitas or las soldaderas all right and i'm gonna break down both names so we both or so we we know what both are all right so we know la las adelitas because it's actually a song all right it's a song i guess back then the only way to keep track or record what the fuck was going on or or keep the morale is um songs and you know, cowboys even sang songs and it's just, you know, it, just like I said, crying, like I said in the group the other day, crying is universal, just like music. And, um, it's true. So people would, you know, tell their story with songs and they, or they would retell stories with songs and, um, La Delita is a corrido, and I'll explain what, what a corrido is, okay? Um, so La Delita is a corrido, a type of song, okay? Alright, so, <laughs> so what's a corrido? Alright, it's it, actually a song, like, it, it could be either about history or, um, what, what's going on socially, something socially that's relevant in the time, okay? Meaning in the time that we're talking about um, or the topic, if that makes sense. So, and it's usually about romance. What the fuck? I mean, I'm not going to be talking about my fucking neighbor. I'm not going to be singing about my neighbor. I'm going to be singing about the person I fucking love. So, that's what it was about. Adela was someone like... Like, how can I say it? Adela was someone that 
this guy loved, you know? And so, um, actually (laughs) I, I heard it growing up. I never knew the name to it, believe it or not, because growing up, even, even my American people, um, know that growing up, you never, you never knew the names of songs. You just knew the songs that kept, that played on the radio and you just knew them by name and people say, Oh, what song is that? Oh, I don't know. It's a fucking song by so-and-so. Or sometimes you didn't even know the fucking, the, the band, you know? Um, it, I, I remember I didn't know fucking band names until I got older. Like, Oh, that's who it is. Oh, okay. You know, so the one I heard, <laughs> the Adelita song that I heard was from Jorge Negrete. Hmm, that rings a bell. Who is that? Um, that's Maria Felix is, uh, one, two, what, is that her? Her ex, yeah, her, that's Jorge Negrete was her husband. I, is that her second husband? I want to say that was her second husband. Was it her second husband? No, it was her third. Because it was, um, it was the fucking Enrique, the first guy. Then it was Agustin Lara and then Jorge Negrete. Boom. I'm not as crazy and my memory isn't going as much as I thought it was. So yeah. Um, that, that, her third husband. So I heard Jorge Negrete, but I'll tell you one thing. Um, I couldn't understand it because they fucking, I guess they were like, yeah, let's fucking throw the, uh, the, the trumpets in this motherfucker and, you know, muffle my words. So I had to, you know, get the lyrics to the song and, and hear it. So, um, and hear it. Uh, yeah, I got, I had to get the lyrics and hear it. <laughs> I had to get the lyrics and read them. And, <laughs> um, there's several versions, um, but one of the original ones is from um Jorge Negrete. Because like there's motherfuckers now that like bandas, like, oh my god. I don't like banda. Like, people don't ever listen to banda music. Alright? Just don't. Because uh it's I don't know. But then again, I like Norteñas because I am from the north. Um, northern part of Mexico. So, um, I'm rambling. I know. Let me keep going. <laughs> so there are several versions of the song and, you know, there's actually different stories, uh, different versions of the story. So, um, one is a story that talks about a woman who fell in love with Francisco Madero, the, the guy that was running to be president. All right. And they said she joined the revolution because, um, because, um, she, how, how can I say it? Because of, you know, I guess she was, um, taken or motivated by him, by the way he would speak. And she was like, fuck it, I'm going, you know? So, that's what she did. So that's one version. But the, the word soldadera is basically a female soldier, right? And they became soldiers, generals, and even colonels, aka generalas and coronelas, all right? So, um, they assumed male identities, dressing like men, being called by their male version of their given name, i.e., I would be Julio. And my fucking dad, whenever <laughs> he wants to piss me off, he calls me Julio. And it's because, um, how can I say it? My dad, of course, him being my dad, he says he runs this motherfucker, but then I'm like, hey, it's my house and I run this motherfucker. And so, um, we butt heads and he'll be like, see, sí, generala, see, sí, Julio. And I'm like, no, don't call me fucking Julio, uh, because it'll piss me off even more. And, and he knows it. He knows that I fucking push my buttons. 
So, so yeah, he calls me Generala and uh, Julio. He calls me Pinche Julio. He calls me Pinche Julio. Fucking old man. So, so yeah. So the women, they would be called, <laughs> they would go by the, the male version of their names. And so, um, they assumed male identities, um, you know, the dress like them and everything. Um, they basically started in Northern Mexico. Okay. Where, um, where both the federal army and the revolutionary, the revolutionary armies needed them. They needed them as soldiers, as cooks, nurses for the wounded and promote social cohesion. Okay. And so, it's like, at first, they were hidden. They would hide their identities. And then it got to the point they're like, fuck it. You know what? We need all the people we can get. So let, let's keep them here. All right. And that's what happened. All right. And the term soldadera comes from the Spanish word. Word. Hello. I had a fucking brain fart. <laughs> Soldada, which denotes payment made for the person who provided for a soldier's well-being. This would be for everyday tasks like a wife would perform or for even sexual relations. In fact, most soldaderas who were either blood-related or companions of a soldier, they were usually more than likely earned no economic recompense for their for their work just like women who did domestic work in their own home that's fucking bullshit like what the fuck like wait 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 wait. so i'm following a motherfucker to war right and you know granted i'm not gonna stand there with my thumb up my ass so i'm gonna fight Give me a fucking gun. Give me a fucking knife. I don't give a fuck. Um, give me something. Um, and you're not going to fucking pay me? Fuck you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I would have boycotted that motherfucker. I'm like, no. What the fuck? You need to pay me. You know? I mean, I imagine there's... No, no, I'm not going to even fucking give him that. No, no. If they say a lot of them didn't get paid, a lot of them didn't get paid. It's fucking bullshit. And, and you know what? And I got I got this from Wikipedia. Fucking bullshit. <sighs> a lot of the women were of lower class. They were they were they came from rural 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 areas in Mexico. They were more than likely mestizos um, or even native. And little is known about them. So, what does this tell you? What is this saying? Like, um, the women that were fighting come from nothing. And it's lower class, period. They're not educated. And, it, oh my God. And you know what? I would have been in that, you know, group of women because that's where my family comes from. You know, uh, you know, the life I live now, even now, even now with my family, um, I'm, I, I am considered, you know, extremely lucky and, um, having, you know, money. In, in my family, on my dad's side of the family, my mom's side, they're fucking stuck up. They're just fucking stuck up. It's two complete, you know, polar opposites. Um, they're just stuck up. <laughs> um, and I love my dad's side of the family. You know, they're fucking humble. They're humble and they just, they're, you know, you know, but they're poor. So, um, uh, what the fuck? Like, um, I guess you could say that, um, I come from, or I am, you know, right now I'm what middle class, lower middle class. Um, 
Yeah, we could say that. Fuck it. You know? Uh, but in Mexico, you know, I'm, um, I guess you can't say that I, I have money, you know? So I would, how can I say it? I, I would be one of those people that would have been either taken by force or, um, how can I say it? it taken by force or chosen to, to go. And there were women that were being taken by force because they, you know, the men were gone. The men were gone and who was taking care of their homes? And so a lot of them chose to, to go with their, you know, their husband or their brother because, um, they didn't want, you know, say, for example, Zapata or Villas people to show up recruiting people and, you know, either they kidnap them to have them as like cooks or even women that were, you know, there for, you know, they used them for pleasure. As much as I love Pancho Villa, but I mean, his, his thing was, he wanted his men taken care of and that was part of it. So either you went with them, you know, as we say in Spanish, you know, por las buenas or, or por las malas, mean, you know, either you go and you show up on good terms or you show up on bad terms. And, um, a lot of them chose to go on good terms and, it's fucked up. So what I'm going to read now are these are, they say notable individuals. No, no, no. These were the fucking bad bitches in the war. All right. Let's start with Petra or Pedro Herrera. All right. She, she was actually the first one I heard of years ago. All right. So I'm going to read. So let's see. I, let's hope I don't sound like a fucking first grader. One of the most famous female combatants was Petra Herrera or Petra Ruiz. At the beginning, she dressed as a man and took the given name Pedro, joining the ranks of Villa's army. Woo! She kept her identity a secret until she had been acknowledged as a great soldier. Once she established her reputation, you know, by, she actually let her hair grow, plaiting it into braids and resuming her female identity. According to one of the US troops, Herrera was the person who should have been credited, oh shit, for the siege of the town of Torreon. However, Villa was not willing to have a female take credit as an important role in a battle and therefore, she was never given what she deserved. As a result of her lack of acknowledgement, she left Villa's troops and formed her own troop of all female soldiers. She became an ally, an ally of Carranza and his army and became a legend for all females around the country. Fuck. Fuck. I mean, I love Pancho, but I mean, fuck. That's a fucking bad bitch. That is a fucking bad bitch. Yeah, she did form. I, I remember seeing a picture of, it was like six or eight women on horses. And then there were some that were standing next to horses, next to the horses. And they were all holding fucking shotguns. And it, it I want to say it was, it's a fucking picture. And I, I need to find it and I'll post it um, on on the Instagram page and the Facebook group. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> that's fucking, that's, it's fucking amazing. All right. The next one is Maria Quinteras de Meras. What? Maria Quinteras de Meras was one of the most remarkable female combatants of the time. She joined, <laughs> she joined Pancho Villa's army in 1910 Having fought in 10 battles from 1910 to 1913, she had risen to the rank of colonel and was w well decorated 
and was a well-decorated soldier. She was, she was also a respected soldier, despite Villa's dislike of soldaderas, that her husband, who served in the same army, was actually lower in rank than herself. Respect was enough for Maria Quinteras de Meras. She did not allow Villa to pay her for fighting in his army. She gained this respect because she was a very gifted soldier. She was also known to fight just as well as any male soldier and was even thought to have supernatural powers. What? Wait. Wait. What? Okay, I made it a point not to fucking read these because I wanted my genuine fucking reactions. What? What? She had to, like, fucking know... Like, I guess by them, and this is all from Wikipedia, um, I guess by them saying supernatural powers, what I'm thinking is, like, how can I say it? Um, she probably had, like, a, a, like a sixth sense. She was probably, like, clairvoyant or, or, or something um, to where she, she could see what was going to happen. I don't know. It could be, a, a, a you know, a, a you know, a, dozen different type of things uh when it comes to you know spiritual or metaphysical uh gifts wow so maria quinteras de meras wow so she didn't want to get paid and that's a fucking bad bitch too i bet you she had a motherfucker fucking feed her too feed me where's my food oh shit yeah that that's she's she's a bad bitch Bad bitch, numero dos. All right, number three. Angela Angel Jimenez. Angela Jimenez insisted on being known as Angel Jimenez, the male version of the name. From Oaxaca, she became as oh, as an expl- an explosive explosives expert and known for her courage in battle. According to one scholar, she refused. What? She refused sexual and sentimental links with the opposite sex, pledging to her comrades that she would shoot anyone who tried to seduce her. Boom! Yeah, motherfucker, get close to me. I'll fucking, I'll shoot your balls off. Oh, man. I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but chances are she probably liked the ladies. You know what I mean? With that type of energy and persona. Like, I mean, hey, I like the ladies. And I would have been like, I, well, no, I wouldn't have my, the woman I was in love with, you know, there with me because I, w- I couldn't, you know, I'd probably shoot a motherfucker that tried to get close to her, you know? So maybe that's why. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. And keep going. Uh, she originally, she originally joined the revolu- the, re- <laughs> the revolutionary forces, joining her father fighting the federal army because there had been a raid in her village by the federal troops. A federal officer was unsuccessful though, and her sis, and her sister managed to kill him, but then right after she took her, right after that, she took her own life. What? Jimenez then decided to join her father fighting against the federal army and disguised herself as a male. She fought for multiple rebel groups, but ended up fighting with Carranza and then revealed her true identity. Even though as a woman, she rose to the position of lieutenant and earned the respect from the rest of the troops. She continued to fight against the federal army for years under her true identity as a female and was a true believer that having a revolution would be the start of having justice. Wow. Bad bitch number three. Next one. Amelio Robles Avila. Amelio Robles Avila, a.k.a. El Guero, and that's like um, someone of light skin, so I guess he had light skin or he had like colored eyes, um, something like that. Uh, for example, we call my sister-in-law La Huera because 
she's from Chihuahua and like, she's huge. She's like 5'10 and she's light complected and she has, um, like honey brown hair, like, uh, Auburn hair. Um, she has a niece with like green eyes. So yeah. So people with light complexions, um, and or colored eyes that we would say son güeros, you know? So I'm Amelio Robles Avila. El güero was probably like that. Um, was a distinguished soldier in the Revolutionary Army of the South with um, Emiliano Zapata. Then Robles had learned to ride, had learned to ride horses and shoot from an early age. And after the revolution started, Robles dressed as a man, and ultimately became a colonel in the legion legionary. I thought it said legendary legionary cavalry. From 1913 to 1918, Robles fought as a current, as Colonel Robles with the Zapatistas. Boom! I knew it. Following the military phase of the revolution, Robles supported the revolutionary general, Alvaro Obregón, president of Mexico from 1920 to 1924. During the 1924 rebellion of Adolfo, De La Huerta, I thought it was another Adolf. Uh, Robles lived as a man for the remain, oh, for the remainder of a long, of his long life, which was marked towards the end of various decorations, uh, acknowledging distinguished military service, decoration as veteran or a veterano of the Mexi- Mexican Revolution and the Legion Legion of Honor of the Mexican Army, and in the 1970s, the award of Merito Revolucionario, Robles died December 9th, 1984, aged 95. Fuck. He was a bad motherfucker. I would have given him the bad motherfucker wallet. What's that? Number... Four. Fuck. Number four. Check that out. And if I pause, it's because I'm trying not to let my fucking computer go to sleep. Um, I need to change the timing on it. And if I pause, it's because I turn around to move the, the mouse pad. All right. My last one is Elena Erismendi Mejia and Volunteers of the Neutral White Cross in 1911. An important role that women played during the Mexican Revolution's violence was nurses. Most were likely anonymous and nursed without being part of a formal organization or equipment. But a significant figure was Elena Arizmendi Mejia, who created the Neutral White Cross when the Red Cross refused to treat revolutionary soldiers. Arizmendi was from an elite family and knew Francisco Madero, the good guy, even before he was president. So the neutral White Cross leadership attempted to oust her, oust her from leadership when she was photographed in, in the pose of a soldadera or coronela with crossed bandoliers, supposedly as a joke for her paramour. Jose Vasacon, Vasaconcelos. I've never heard that fucking last name. Vas, Vasconcelos. Vasconcelos. All right. All right, man. Later, to become Minister of Public Education and the Obregón government. What? Fuck. You know what? That's a fucking bad bitch. So chances are she came from money. Okay. Um, and this comes from the Latin live strong women of the Mexican revolution. Adelitas. Fuck. Man. Uh, 
fucking, you know, fucking assholes trying to fucking out people, man. You know? Fucking, they act like bitches. <clears throat> so, um, foreign observers, and this is, um, in 1911, in November 1911, a Swedish mercenary, Ivar Thord Gray, was part of Vias forces observed preparations for battle. All right, Wikipedia, you don't fucking make sense. Quote, the women camp followers had orders to remain behind, but hundreds of them hanging onto the stirrups, <laughs> to the stirrups, followed their men on the road for a while. Some other women carrying carbines, bandoliers, and who were mounted, mounted, managed to slip into the ranks and came with us. These took their places in the firing lines and withstood hardship and machine gun fire as well as the men. They were, they were a brave worthy lot. It was a richly picturesque sight, but the complete silence, but the complete silence, the soic yet anxious faces of the women was depressing as it gave the impression that all we're going to a tremendous funeral or their doom. End of quote. Wow. Wow. I could just only imagine that shit. Knowing that, you know, either I'm going to make it or I'm not, but I'm not going to give up. Yeah. Like I said, they're not going to, they weren't going to, you know, stand there with their, you know, thumbs up their asses, you know, so U.S. secret agent Edwin Emerson gave reports on Villa's army with an observation on the women quote the conduct of the women who came along on the railway trains and many of whom accompanied their men into the firing line around Torreon was also notably heroic end of quote Fuck. Fuck. Like, shit. Oh, by the way, I learned that we have, I have a listener in Torreon. Hi. Whoever you are, let me know who you are. Um, message me on Instagram, WBTVPOD. Um, message me. Uh, let me know who you are. I'll send you a freaking Tumblr or something, stickers and magnets, something. Uh, I'm just learning where everybody's at. I have people all over in the UK, the Netherlands, uh, all over. It's crazy. I didn't know I had people in, in the Colorado. What the fuck? I know Colorado's like, oh, wow, that's, that's close, but I've already mentioned New Zealand and Australia. Um, fascinating. Torreon. My compadre is from Torreon. So let me get back to this. Sorry. Sorry. And, and again, my psychiatrist isn't convinced I, I, I don't have ADD. So <clears throat> let's get back to this. Um, leftist journal, John Reed, a leftist Harvard graduate, as in the most well-known foreign observer, report, reporting on soldaderas, his reports from his four months with Pancho Villa's army in 1913 during the struggle against Huerta were published as individual newspaper articles and then collected as insurgent Mexico in 1914. In one report, he recorded the reaction of one of Villa's soldiers to kidnapping one of his soldadera, oh, of his soldadera's wife. Wait, let me read that again. <laughs> he recorded the reaction of one of Villa's soldier, Villa's soldier, okay, to the kidnapping of his soldadera wife, there we go, by Pascual Orozco Colorados. Quote, they took my woman, who is mine, and my commission, and all my papers, and all my money, but I am wretched with grief when I think of my silver spurs inlaid with gold, which I bought only last year in Mapimi. End of quote. What the fuck, man? What about your old lady? 
the fuck? In another report, Reed recorded that women who were already soldaderas and whose men had, whose men had fallen in battle often took up with another soldier. Well, he, <laughs> he devotes a chapter in Insurgents, Insurgent Mexico to a woman he calls Elisabetta, whose man was killed whose man was killed and another soldier had claimed her as his motherfucker. That wasn't in the article. I added the motherfucker. Reed says that the soldier, quote, found her wandering aimlessly in the hacienda after battle, apparently out of her mind, and that needing a woman, he had ordered her to follow him, which she did unquestionably after the custom of, after the custom of her sex and country. End of quote. What the fuck? What? I guess women, I don't know. I don't want to make up excuses for women, but I mean, there were different times, and I suppose that they, you know, she probably saw her, you know, her other half get killed, you know, massacred or something. Fact, just seeing someone die alone, it's just, it's, it's enough to, for someone to go crazy, you know? Um, again, I've, I've witnessed that and it's, it's not fun. Uh, it's, it's horrible. All right, man. So, this, this is the, the last quote from Las Soldaderas and Women Rule, Mexican Revolution at ISC. Well, I don't know. It's an article. Quote, Link all women, regardless of era, class, or nom de guerre, under a fundamental historical... Motherfucker. Here's another quote from Las Soldaderas and Women Roll. Mexican Revolution at ISC. Link all women, all Mexican women, motherfucker, man. All right, this is the last article from Las Soldaderas and Women, Mexican Revolution at ISC. Quote, link all Mexican women, regardless of era, class, or nom de guerre, under a fundamental historical truth that Soldiering has over many centuries been a traditional and commonplace life experience for thousands of Mexican women. End of quote. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, if, if it was at your doorstep, what would you have done? Period. What else, what else can you do? Nothing, you know, nothing. You, you would have, you, you would have done the same. I hope you would have. Um, it's, it's a sad thing. And, um, I hope aside from my rambling, I know I fucking rambled. I rambled like a motherfucker. Um, aside from my rambling, um, I hope you guys understood that, you know, the, the women, sorry, that was my ankle that popped. Um, Mexican women had to fight for their lives, for their homes, for their, you know, for the men that they lost for probably, you know, even for sisters, children that they lost you know, because of this or because of the, um, the, the politicians fucking taking everything, you know, they were going hungry. They lost children to starvation. You know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And they had, they wanted to do something. Not that they had to, they wanted to because they were angry and they wanted to, 
obviously they, you know, this wasn't going to bring their child or their loved one back, but they, they wanted to do something. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, they, they wanted to get a point across period. So, um, I hope again with my rambling, you guys, um, understood somewhat the story. Uh, <laughs> I am so sorry. Um, I mean, this is a, uh, how was that saying? It's a, uh, one pony show. Yeah. Or uh, one, ho- one horse, not one hoe, one horse show. <laughs> uh, it's, Hey man, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting the, um, you know, how can I say it? Like I'm learning how to fucking do the shit. I'm learning how to edit and now I just have to do a fucking website. Oh God, I don't want to fucking do that, but I have to. And for the record, I am only continuing this because I want to, um, Lisa and I, Lisa with her home, you know, situation with everybody being there and her being in the East Coast and, you know, me being in Texas are, you know, we couldn't record. Like, how can I say it when I, you know, it's fucking, it's 830 right now and I'm just finishing up recording. It would be 930 her time and um, her granddaughter you know, was staying, is staying in her office and, you know, that's where she would record. And so she goes to sleep early. So it, it just, it wasn't working out as much as we wanted it to work. It just, it, it it couldn't. So, um, (laughs) it's, I'm still thinking of the one horse show. Is it a one horse show? One pony? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but that, that that's the reason she, you know, had to step aside. And, you know, now I can record during the day or, or whatever, where I had to wait for her to get out work or, you know, finish dinner or see when, you know, she could record in her office and all that. Now I could just do it whenever, you know, I can and, you know, want you know, but I have to do everything by myself now. Womp womp. So let's see what card I'm going to pull for the week. Aha. Uh-huh. So y'all thought I was going to forget about that shit. I forgot about it last week because I was like a fucking uh, deer in headlights. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? But yeah, let me grab my deck and let's see what I pull. All right. So I am pulling or I'm shuffling the deck. I didn't want y'all to think that I was just pulling a random card or like choosing the card and not choosing or, or pulling a card at random. So let's see what we have in store for the week. <gasps> Ooh. The lilies. So to me, the lilies to me, they usually mean an end of something, you know, um, or coming to terms with something. Uh, how can I say that? It's, uh, or like, yeah, coming to terms with something. I, I would say it's, uh, acknowledging or understanding a situation and accepting it. And being okay with it. So, um, it says here, the lilies mean calm, peace, and serenity. So, basically, it's, it also represents like the elders in your family, parents, grandparents, 
and I don't, you know, maybe you will have a, um, a conversation with a, a parent that you didn't expect and you are, you know, it's going to be a good one and, you know, it's going to be good news and you're going to come out of that just saying, oh, wow, that was, you know, that was a nice call or even a lice, uh, a lice, a nice lunch with, you know, my mom, not my mom, shit, my mom, my mom's never fucking happy, happy with whatever she eats. So it won't be my mama. Mm-mm. So, um, it would be, um, yeah, it would definitely be something with a parent, a grandparent. So if you're, even if you're close with the, like your grandmother, grandfather, um, maybe even that, a call, a card, even maybe a birthday card, you know, um, a birthday or, or maybe you send them one, something like that. Just something good, some good news. Um, also, <laughs> also, it might signify you being or becoming a, um, how can I say that? Um, more, how, hmm, like, connecting with somebody sexually, but more in the, uh, how, like, not a one night stand, but more of a, like, I guess realizing you care about somebody after that, where you have that connection, where it's not, it's more than just physical, but it started as something physical up. Oh, there goes the fucking, uh, you know what? Yeah, that's it. So either you're going to get news good news or you know hear from a parent grandparent or (laughs) fucking firefighters or you're see it's gonna get really fucking hot and you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna have really good sex all right and you're gonna you know you're gonna probably scream i love you you know when you're finishing just don't punch her in the back of the head uriel (laughs) <laughs> if you're in the group, you'd know who I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> I hope I, I hope I, I don't sound that crazy. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. All right, man. Uh, all right. So I will see you next week. Bye, pinches. <laughs>